Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dumpty Dum, a podcast about the arches and the goings on of Ambridge. It's P and Q here. Philippa Hall, a sucker for any party with jelly and ice cream. And Quentin Rayner, purveyor of snorting pig toilet roll dispensers. And dancing backwards round green flames naked under a full moon, the Jew lot are Dumpty Dummers. This week's Dumpty Dum tune is from Armia. Bravo, Mia. That made me smile. Thank you. Uh, and on this episode, we're lucky enough to hear thoughts from Polly Perks, Witherspoon, Susie, Rob, Vicky from Vienna, Millie Molly Mandy, Tracy from California, Sarah from Smethwick, Claire from Clapham, Melly, Emily from Canada, Sally, Darcy, and anon of Ambridge plus tweet of the week, Facebook roundup and welcoming new members of our Facebook group, information about Instagram, predictions for next week, and then the Dumpty Book Dumb item with author Freya Berry. Marvellous. Well, it's good to see that the content is shrinking. <laughs> yes. Quentin, let's look back at a bizarre week in Borsetshire. Well, it was bonkers. Birds, bacon, boilers, bras and finished off with a bang. The week started with Pip lending Ambridge's man of mystery a hand in moving out of the bungalow. While Rex packed, Pip moaned about her parents' resistance to expanding the herd. David was... Fixating on slurry. And as for Ruth... (sighs) If I hear Mum say the right cows at the right time, one more time, I think I'll implode. We can but hope. Ambridge's most eligible bachelor refused to divulge where he was moving to, but there will be a housewarming at the weekend. Pip perked up no end when Stella turned up unannounced to have a look around the bungalow. Bristling with indignation, she suggested it would be claustrophobic to be surrounded by archers, before sending her packing with a lie about it already being promised to someone else. 
She's so superior. Oh, I don't want anyone like her living anywhere near Brookfield. She confided to Rex. Elvis was spotted in Ambridge, dragging Amy and Alice up Lakey Hill. Alice declared she was going to help others more to help her recovery. First, she got the Horobin's bus boiler fixed and then played Cupid fixing up her friend with Rex. Jazza thought his luck was in with a quickie in the pavilion, but Tracy wasn't thinking about his third man. Throwing off her sexy three pairs of pyjamas and hot water bottle, she was on a recruitment drive to rebuild the cricket team, dormant for two years. Hours later, frozen, they were all out, turned down by Jolene, Hannah, Rex, Chris, Harrison, Alan and the God Squad lot. If Justin has anything to do with it, Barrow looks set for the chop and Brian's farming sentimentality be damned. The shortage of abattoir staff means it's just eating his money and he threatened Martin Gibson he'll sell his share in BL if the board doesn't agree to close it. But over a pint of shires, Brian told Martin he was having none of it and would call an emergency board meeting. The chill pill seems to have been passed from Adam to Hannah. First she praised Neil for being a... Wise man. And then said he was... Sweet and romantic. For getting Susan a pendant engraved with their initials to mark their 38th wedding anniversary. Hannah's in for more sleepless nights, though, about Barrow's future, after finding some of Brian's BL notes he accidentally left on the printer. And after a right rollicking from Ruth... Pip quickly got pally with Stella, showing her around the bungalow. But then... I'm not a screamer! Stella started screaming when she looked in the attic. Hanging from the rafters were three stuffed birds. Was it some kind of black magic Bert was into? No, Rex reassured them. Bert had been a church warden, for goodness sake. He'd just been trying his hand at taxidermy. Chris made a smart non-move by turning down Brian's offer of a rent-free holiday cottage until the divorce is settled, but clashed with Alice over the scale of Martha's first birthday party. Back in the bull, Amy and Rex were merrily munching away on crisps, and then, before you could call last orders, the girl who doesn't kiss and tell was asking Chris to retrieve her tights and bra. Technically, they reckoned they hadn't done anything wrong, but Amy could think of a hundred reasons why their one-second stand wasn't a good idea. <laughs> There's been an awful lot of sex this week. There has. I've Philippa, had to prepare myself. Yes, we're going to have to mention that word, aren't we, Quentin? You, you're going to have to. Yeah, gird your loins, a bit like Amy did. <clears throat> <laughs> and there we go. They're straight into it after all. Well, Quentin, you yeah. poor you. You've had a you've had a bit of a rough week, haven't you? I'm still here. I, I uh yes, ten days after I told you that I have COVID, I'm still here because I still have not got two negative tests back to back. I'm still waiting just for one red line. So yeah, uh <laughs> I've had better ten days, but in that mm. way, yes. I'll be honest, I'm not feeling great today no we were discussing it before we started so uh, i feel a bit wiped out today so it's a it's a swine if i may start the pig theme already um <laughs> but i had have, have had the odd highlight i mean for instance a lovely package came through the post from you uh, from you <laughs> philip a, a box of yummy chocolates thank you very much indeed my pleasure they, they are very nice th- th- only three are left which uh <laughs> self-control and you know I, i've been listening to a lot, lot, lot of the radio and stuff and um Obviously, the dreadful things that are going on in Ukraine. Um, mm. But um, I, I did listen to one other program, and I have discovered via a Radio 4 documentary that there are 93 penises in the bio tra- tapestry. So, yeah, that's something I never knew before. 
Quentin, I was worried about you before you made that comment, but now I really think 93? Well, I mean, I think they were jokes. The the women who embroidered it, there are only six women in the entire Bayer Tapestry. 600 plus men, of course, but uh, they (laughs) bunged in a whole load of of fallacies. Well, there we go. Uh, Jen at our Ambridge Pony Club said her favourite bit of Dum 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 is listening to your talk about what you've done in the week, Quentin. Well, Jen, there you go. He's taken it to a whole new level. There is a perfect example of why Jen looks forward to my life, <laughs> even though I've been stuck in these four walls for 10 days. I try and entertain as much as I can. But no, oh. I was fascinated by that fact. There you go. Lots of other people were. I tweeted about it, obviously, and uh, <laughs> got quite a response, as you can imagine. Anyway, uh, can you match my 93 penises anyway? <laughs> well, I normally I am the most antisocial person on the planet, but this week I've had my dad's 85th birthday. Ooh. I've been to a pantomime, a 50th birthday party. So I think that's all my social evening engagements done for the year because I just I don't go out at night. It's uh, yes, it doesn't normally happen. So I feel I feel quite done for. Well, I caught COVID at a party, so I hope that's not the case with you, but um yeah, I'm they sure were you... passing round a cocktail, trying it all. I was driving, so I uh, abstained right. anyway. But I, it was a bit like the communion wine. I thought mm, that's not going to end well. No. But it was a it was a lovely evening. So yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you you played it very safe. I did. You can imagine I was there with uh, yes, wrapped in cling film and covered <laughs> in anti back. <laughs> well, anyway, that's enough about us. Let's get on to the important bit, which is you, our caller innerers. Hello, Ambridge3962. And first of all, we have Polly Perks. Polly Perks called last week and I completely managed to miss his wonderful call. I am so sorry. So here it is, top billing for us all. Hello, you two. Polly Perks here. Yes, I said on Facebook last week, Kirsty would be the perfect replacement. Uh, Suddenly, Rex realised that was the case. And of course, when he and Phoebe asked her, she said she's off to Plovdiv. Will she go? Won't she? Who knows? But you never know with Kirsty. She has disappeared in the past and may again. Brian's trying to be terribly shrewd about how he deals with Chris. Free accommodation until the divorce is settled, of course. Uh, but two solicitors already involved, Kevin and Rasheen. Somebody's paying for that. And I think the suggestion of mediation will be taken up. Uh, because uh, Alice has proved to be rather a good mother, weirdly. Um, the stroke of genius, though, by the scriptwriters, of course, is having Chelsea and Tracy move in with Jim and Jazza. Recipe for disaster, but of course not. Jim, the genius. Chelsea, much brighter than she seems, and already has yielded some remarkable uh, scenes, delightful stuff, especially for those of us that have rather a hang-up with grammar. Um, and I'd just like to say, I've also acquainted with some some of the old Mustard Landers. Mustard Land, that was the BBC message board, uh, which used to be very funny and uh, constantly full of very witty remarks. It was taken down by the BBC in 2013. So it's nice to see that uh, you, dum-de-dum, are the natural successors. Others have tried and failed, but I think Dumpty Dum is the success story. So I shall keep listening to your podcast and following you on Facebook and Twitter and so on. Keep up the good work. Oh, lovely to hear from you, Polly Mm. Perks. And uh, 
apologies, Polly. See what I've done there? Apologies, Polly, <laughs> for uh, missing you off last week. But actually, it still has relevance, is cool. It does. Yeah. Because we've all, you know, with all this bonking that's going on this week, we've um, <laughs> forgotten about Kirsty going after Plovdiv uh, and, uh, and the whole Kate dynamic and who's going to take over the rewilding. So thank you for rekindling that. Will she, won't she go to Plovdiv? We have yet to see. The Brian Holiday Cottage thing was resolved, of course, wasn't it? The uh, Because Chris yes. has turned down his offer smartly. Thank you. Yes, hurrah. Um, and, yeah, we were also told that uh, Chelsea and Tracy went home. They didn't want to outstay their welcome. But actually quite a few of us were quite disappointed because the dynamic between Jim and Chelsea was particularly enjoyable. So we were denied more of those scenes and more literally is to wind us up as well. And, um, <laughs> yes, you mentioned Mustard Land before, uh, Polly Perks, and I know that uh, I think you've hooked up with our lovely Denise, uh, the, our, our wrong sort of listener, who I think used <laughs> to be on Mustard Land, and so you've managed to say hello to each other. And thank you very much for your kind comments about this podcast. Uh, we do appreciate them, and um, we will look out even more carefully for your calls in future, won't we, Philippa? Yes, we will. I, d- oh, I was um, mortified that, that I'd missed that off. But uh, Polly Perks was very gracious when I contacted him mm. to apologise. But we had to include that call. And yes, we will try to keep up the good work. Well, the, obviously the bad work of missing your call. But uh, yes, thank you. We will try to keep up the good work. It was interesting, though, that Chelsea and Tracy moved back home, but they still had no boiler. I felt so sorry for them freezing off. And uh, just like you say, Quentin, I'd have loved to hear them continue talking to Jim and, and that relationship growing and developing. I loved hearing Tracy and Jazza splitting a, a toasty and chips. There was a lot of food this week. I was very pleased. Uh, well, I th- it probably balanced up a lot of pip that would obviously would upset you greatly. <laughs> oh, but- my goodness. That g- Well, she's shown her true colours, hasn't she? Awful, awful child. She just needs, honestly, I was so cross with her. And uh, thank goodness that Ruth actually took her to task and told her to yeah, parented her and told her what to do. The huffing and puffing and moaning, dear me. Nearly as much as you huffing and puffing about Pip, really. <clears throat> but I have to say, I know we'll come on to this uh, as well, but lots of, people, lots of people saying, oh, gosh, what a strange week. I loved this week. I loved it. People have been stopping me in the street yeah, yesterday they were saying, oh, have you heard the week? What about Chris and Amy? I was like, you, yes, can't wait get, to talk about it. You get stopped in the street, do you? I, yes, for the, all the wrong sort of <laughs> Actually, actually, I, I, since doing this, I've been stopped in the street as well. Isn't it funny? Have you? <laughs> yes. There you go. About the archers or about yes. something yeah, about else? People who've, people who've <laughs> wasted an hour and a half of their good time listening to this twaddle. <laughs> yes, I have. Isn't that nice? Um, but, I mean, yeah, the... How many references to crisps were there this week? I mean, Chris was so obsessed with crisps that he should be—he should be renamed sandwiches. We had Chris should be renamed Crisp, shouldn't he? The amount of times he referred to crisp and picking them off the floor. What he wasn't referring to them as much as other people. I don't know. There was just food in abundance. No, no, with Martha, he was obsessed with crisps on the floor, and he's obsessed with crisps at the party, and then he's a. Then we had cheddar and onion crisps in the in the pub, and then. What do we know? Let's go on someone who does know, our Witherspoon, who called on Monday with thoughts about Chris and Alice. 
Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings, Philippa Quentin and all Dumpty Demers around the world. It's Woodspin and Angus Haggis here. I'm calling in on Monday night because I anticipate a busy end of the week for me. So first, happy President's Day from the colonies. Next, sending healing thoughts to the two Qs, Quentin and the Queen. And finally, I'm sure everyone joins me in fervently hoping that Bill in Ukraine and all Ukrainians remain out of harm's way. Some thoughts about Alice and Chris's impending divorce. The internet tells me that 42% of married couples in the UK wind up splitting up. A sad situation. I'm sure many Dumpty Demers have gone through this, and my heart goes out to you. It's considered the second most stressful life event after the death of a spouse. We're all anticipating what initially seemed like it would be a smooth and amicable process to quickly fall apart. I've seen this in my practice too often and too painfully. Failed mediation, prolonged court battles that have taken even two to three years, fighting over money. I was curious about the discussion that the term custody isn't used in the UK anymore. I read that the term is joint residency. To my knowledge, that term isn't used here in the U.S., We still call it joint custody. In any case, the process is usually so stressful and expensive for both sides and for the children as well. At least Martha is too young to be directly affected by the proceedings at this time. Again, having heard the stories of people going through this, I'm experiencing pre-traumatic stress disorder in anticipation of what's to come. I agree with Philippa. Once Chris finds out that Alice wants some form of shared parenting time, he will explode. Finally, even though a branch of my family tree runs right through Bulgaria, there used to be a fair number of Sephardic Jews in the country. Please don't go, Kirsty. It's not too late. Late. Take the rewilding job. Talk to you soon. Oh, thanks, Witherspoon. That was a great call. Yes, we've all been thinking about um, Bill in Ukraine. And in fact, I've just had a further update from him, uh, which I'll just read very briefly. He So he managed to get a, a late, very late flight on Wednesday midnight, I think it was, to Budapest. He's still there. He says, rest is fitful. Thinking of my friends and students back in the Ukraine, many are spending their nights listening to the bombs getting closer. A friend's wife reported people on her street assembling Molotov cocktails and piling tires to make a barricade. I'm so proud of the fight Ukrainians are putting up. One student took his wife and children out of Kiev, then returned by himself, I assume, to fight. A student in a village near a besieged city opened her front door this morning after a night of bomb blasts in the near distance and a wild rabbit ran in and hid under her mama's bed. They're now feeding it carrots and looking for name suggestions. <sighs> it just—it's hard to talk about, you know, trivial things yes, um, with all that's going on. But equally, I think it's you know have an escape for us and hopefully for Bill as well. Yeah, do you know, I was hoping that maybe he we would have time just to listen to the odd episode just to take his mind off things. He's mm. obviously got far more important things to oh, worry about. Gosh, yeah. But, um, yeah, that little story about that rabbit sort of sums it up, doesn't it? The, the every, every, everything fleeing for its life. Mm. Um, uh, it's one could just hope that the global condemnation will, uh, will eventually take its toll, but you just feel they're being surrendered, aren't they? They're just being left to fight for themselves. These yeah, yeah. Do you feel they've been abandoned to a huge extent? Uh, and we just 
hope, as I said, that the global response ultimately will force his hand. Hopefully, maybe even the Russian people will turn on him. And that's what will really change things, I believe. Time will time will tell. Um, and while it's hard, let, let's get back to, to Ambridge because we're, we're here. Bill would expect us to be uh, talking all things Ambridge as well. Well, yes, while I mean, Witherspoon very kindly said, uh, I wish me and the Queen well. Thank you very much. Yes. I've never been linked with the Queen before. <laughs> yeah. the, two, the two Qs, I like that. Thank you, Witherspoon. <laughs> Still struggling with it, as I explained earlier. So uh, fingers crossed. Um 42% of couples in the UK end up splitting up. Blimey. I knew it was high. I didn't know it was that high. God. Wow. Um, yeah, and it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, this housewarming, presumably this evening, on this evening's episode, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? There's less. There's going to be a cold chill running through this housewarming, isn't there, when uh, you've got uh, Rex, Amy, Chris and Alice together at the party. Ooh. Wonderful! Oh, wait, go on. awkward. <laughs> but the minute Chris dropped, well, Martha dropped some of her food, the, these carrot crisp things, and Chris picked them up and gave them back to her. And Alice said, "Oh, she's got grass in her food." The minute I heard that, I thought, "Oh no, that's going to come up in the divorce proceedings." You know, something so innocent, and yet, you know, Alice, do you have any evidence you can use against Chris in uh, deciding who has uh, residency? Uh, you know, Alice said, "Well, you know, she was he." He was feeding Martha grass in his food. You know, oh my goodness, that's awful. You can just see mm. such an innocent thing being twisted. And then, yeah, Alice keeping her up till 4 p.m. So she's going to be well, awake was, through the night. I think he's uh, got more overwhelming evidence than she has at the moment, but we'll see. It's going to get nasty though, isn't it? Especially when she finds out about Amy. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about that one. So we'll we'll leave that one there. But Witherspoon, thank you so much for your call. And let's go on to Susie, who's finding the plot twists are putting squares on her. Hello, Susie McPherson here. Um, I thought I'd ring in and give you my views on the Rex, Amy, Chris and Alice triangle. Well, actually, <laughs> there's four of them, isn't there? So it's more like a square than a triangle. I thought that Amy and Rex were getting on pretty well in the pub and I thought that they would make a really nice couple. And I wasn't too sure about the writing when they suddenly skipped Amy knocking on Chris's door and then suddenly ending up in his bed. And who asks to pass their tights and bra anyway? It's not, not very sexy, is it? But I guess the sad bit is that Alice is on a bit of a precipice at the moment She's still in love with Chris. She hasn't got very much in her life, so I think she's putting all her energy into trying to sort her friend Amy out with a new love. And then Amy goes and gets into bed with Chris. So it's a bit sort of soap opera writing, but I'm pretty sure that that will push her back to the bottle, which will be very, very sad. Anyway, we'll see what happens um, but I guess the story pretty moved on pretty rapidly this week, didn't it? Hope everyone has a good week and um, look forward to the next instalment. And love the podcast, by the way. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you, Susie. We love you for saying that. Thank you very mm. much indeed. Um, yeah, let's talk about tights and bras, first of all, because that got quite... <clears throat> <laughs> a lot of people said that that is not a sexy line, is it? Post, as a post-coital line, that's not sexy. 
Oh, but I just loved how they did it because you were thinking, is is that Chris? Is that Rex? I loved how it played out. And I didn't know anything about it. Normally I see warnings coming up on Twitter or Facebook, you know, did you just hear that? And I didn't have a clue and I loved it. You did? Well, I I mean, obviously we all expected to hear Rex's voice uh, passing back the tights and bra. And then suddenly it was Chris. And it was like this, what? I, yes. I thought it was terrible. I thought oh, awful. No. no, it was awful. I mean, it was a huge leap, narrative leap. There was no, there was, but there that was, just shows what's been going on because at the beginning of the week, Amy was saying, "Oh yes, Rex is nice, but I I don't fancy him." And then she was saying, "Oh, I'll, I'll put on the lipstick. I'll go all out." She was forcing herself to try and like him. She adores Chris. She fancies the pants off him. And once she'd had a drink too many, she couldn't, she just couldn't resist it anymore. And Chris had been pushed in, into it, egged on unwittingly by Alice, because she'd been going on about how Amy was going on this date with Rex. So Chris was ready for it. And yes, Amy went to have a chat. You don't go around to have a chat when you've had a few too many drinks. A few too, Was it red wine she was on? I just, oh, Yes, it, no, as Susie but, says, it's a soap opera-ish. But for for that, I just no. I mean, I, it. The, yeah, the, one isn't surprised they've ended up in bed, but it was ridiculously rapid and clunky. So to to go from her and the pub to her asking oh, for a bra a and tights back. Yeah, it's a shock element. That's what I'm. No, the the no. archers are back. I'm like, yes, that's no, what that's no, what I, I, I thought it was just crammed in some people say that there was no time for poor foreplay on knocking on chris's door because we haven't got all six episodes which is a bit of a stretch i think we could have you know they could have slipped in a a knock on the door or a bit of a build-up no, no i'm sorry and actually that wasn't the only huge narrative leap that really annoyed me this week because uh, i did mention this and quite a few people piled in with me and i said i would moan about this on the podcast was this huge leap uh, what, you know, what happened to this great spat between Pip and Josh over who's going to have the bungalow? Well, we had Boutros, Boutros Tucker, didn't we? Keeping them apart over muted f- f- flint and all this. And suddenly Stella turns up. Pip gets fed up because she doesn't like Stella. But there's no sort of, when when Ruth was ticking her off, saying, um, you damn well show Stella around, there was no sort of, but mum, I want to have the bungalow. Where did all that go? That just was a huge leap. And I think that was very poor as well. And I wasn't alone. Other people agreed with me. Lee Bidmead, Kate Thomas. But Lynn Rafferty put an alternative point of view. And she says, yes, it was left to us to join the dots like we had to during the soliloquies in lockdown. Personally, I like that. Although, of course, it shouldn't be used all the time. Occasionally like this. It's really good, in my view. Uh yeah, that's one point of view. You know, you, you can't build up a script line and then just drop it. I completely agree with Lynn. I loved Ugh. having those in because it allowed my imagination to run riot over all the family discussions with Ruth and David saying, no, you can't have the bungalow. Well, why don't we hear all that? We don't have to. We don't have to hear everything. We don't need to be spoon fed everything. It's like a really good piece of... Um, TV or film where you're not presented with everything. You can you can imagine some of it. We don't have to be there for everything. I agree, but literally there has to be some moments where there is some sort of explanation as to why 
Pip and Josh ain't getting this bungalow anymore. Because they were never promised it. So in their minds, it was just, oh, let's have it, let's have it. No. And, okay, fair dues. But why, when Ruth was rollicking her, did she not say, look, we've we've agreed, you know, we're going to rent it out for a higher rent than we would get from you or Josh? Because just maybe they've not line. even had that conversation. Just. So just Pip in her own little world had been like, yes, I'm going to have a bigger kitchen that I can walk round in well, with nothing well, on my no, feet. You've got Josh and Pip both thinking it's going to come to them. So come on, there's yes, been some... They were. I'm just... Dwelling on Pip first, give me chance to move on to Josh. Yes, just in their own minds. No, they were like, so there's clearly been discussion in. within the family about this, and suddenly no, we don't there's know no that. reference to it at all. I loved I, it. I, I think you could have fabulous. slipped in just one line when Ruth bollocked her. I think there was enough slipping in this week. Oh, my word. I was, I was shocked. That's, that's a double entendre of Philip, from Philippa. Hurrah! <laughs> More, please. <laughs> Anyway, let's anyway, go. they love it. They love it when we disagree. So, uh, <laughs> I, 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 there you go. You're on Lynn's side, and Anne, Charles, Lee, and Kate are on my side. So there you go. I love how you've selected them <laughs> more to be on your side. No, to be honest, when I did put a Moni post in Facebook, most people did say, "Yeah, yeah, good point." But I hadn't thought of it in Lynn's terms, terms, and your terms. So. You got a, a, a valid point, but I just think you didn't need to be spoon fed to us. But they could have just slipped one little dig in from Ruth when she was bollocking her. <laughs> Did I love you? You've got a valid point, but I completely disagree with you. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's fine. what you said. <laughs> I've anyway. had my moment. I, I promise our dear listeners, I would moan. I've moaned. Well, that's it. No more. I moaning. think we should Come move on. on. Let's move on to Rob, who, like Witherspoon, called on Monday as he had property problems. Good evening, Philippa, Quentin and Dumpty Dummers around the world. Here we go again, another week in Ambridge. And it seems like Rex is moving house. He's moving to a small place and keeping quiet about it. Got to have some excitement, I suppose. It'll be difficult to find, though, given that property has a tendency to vary in size, depending on whether it or not it's a daughter and two kids or a son and his pregnant wife that you're trying to fit in. Mind you, Blake found somewhere. Oh, what is it that makes me want to channel my inner Brando? Stella! Is that friction with Pip? Or have my hormones just gone mad again? And talking about things going mad again, the scriptwriters must have had a severe touch of heavy hand syndrome. Hmm, how can we remind everyone that Alice has an engineering background? Get her to baffle Jazza with some technical terms about heating boilers. That should do it. And finally, what is it with Ambridge and ringtones? Oh, dear Lord. Anywho, bye for now. Oh, thanks, Rob. That's great. Yes, I agree with the ringtones and Ambridge. They're quite surreal. Um, oh, so many people have been talking about Rex and where is he going to end up living? Well, I surely he's moving into Roy's. Because Phoebe's going, Kirsty's going, Roy needs somebody. He's got all the kitchen items one might possibly need there. So that's isn't that what's happening? Well, it's like there's he's got a big choice. I mean, as we always say, there's a huge lack of property, isn't there? Particularly for young people in Ambridge. So what's the secret? <laughs> Isn't it just a case of watching him carrying his boxes to the next property? 
<laughs> I'm waiting for the address. Is it, you know, is it going to be at eight o'clock on Sunday? Ping, suddenly this mysterious address will arrive or will they meet at the bull and then just follow him meekly on to his new place of residence? Yes. I, mean, I do think it's at Roy's. Where do you think? To be honest, Philip, I, I've given up trying to work out where, where it is. Um, but really, we need the expertise of Leo Horsmeyer, don't we, to look into hmm. this because we should acknowledge that, that last week, I think he put out this magnificent spreadsheet of hmm. 63 properties in Borsetshire. Um, who owns them? Who's living there? Who used to own them? It is a phenomenal piece of work, isn't it? And if you're into spreadsheets, do dig it out because um, it's a it's a, it's a it's a work of art, isn't it? Don't you think, Philip? You were a gog. I do like a spreadsheet, and I thought it it was wonderful to see. But I just don't understand why Rex is getting rid of everything. Why get rid of his coffee machine? Why uh, is he going? off as well possibly i don't know and when he was talking about how he was going to keep his sandwich toaster and on the first night he might have a cheddar red onion toasted sandwich i thought oh he he's the sort that his breath stinks of onions he's got bad breath hasn't he i just know it it also stinks of cheddar and onion crisps (laughs) but he's just i just know it he's he's got a condition (laughs) maybe that's why he hasn't got a girlfriend yes Um, exactly uh, Rob mentioned Alice's uh, nod to en- engineering background, and um, yeah, some people say it was a bit clunky, but at least it was a good reminder that she has got qualifications. And we're all wanting her to use them, aren't we? So, and and it means it means that uh, Tracy gets a boiler fixed, and yes. and, she'll, and she'll get a chippy tea. Yes. So there's that. That that's something. The other thing that came out the word of the week necromancy. God, that sounds horrible, isn't it? I had to look it up. Stuffed birds, the whole stuffed birds thing. Do you know what necromancy is? I do. And I was very worried about where the archers were going because if they were going to pull that out as a backstory on Burt, I was just going to have to Mm. have serious words. But I was very glad they didn't. It's communication with the dead, isn't it? Black magic. Yes, not not nice. Thank you very much. But what was nice was Rob's call. So thank you very much, Rob. And now we go to Vienna Vicky, who's actually baffled in Britain. Hello, Philippa, Quentin and everybody. This is Vienna Vicky here, although I am not in Vienna at the moment, I'm in the UK. First of all, I would like to send very warm wishes to Bill um, and any other Dumpty Dummers who are mixed up in the dreadful happenings in Ukraine. I think I saw on Facebook, though, that Bill had managed to get out, but sending you very, very warm wishes. I'm often baffled by the archers, but I was particularly baffled this week. When was it decided that Pip and yes, Pip and Josh weren't going to have the bungalow after all. Pip seemed quite happy with that, and I wasn't sure if I'd missed that. What was going on with the dead birds? Didn't understand that. How can Rex have a secret house and be going to have a secret housewarming party and nobody knows where this house is? I, I didn't understand that. Brian was obviously up to something, Machiavellian, accidentally on purpose leaving whatever it was in the printer. I don't know what where that's going, but presumably we'll find that out in, next week. And I'm sure I'm not alone with the most baffling part of all, how Amy went from being very merry and sounding quite um, as though she was getting on very well with Rex. Um, next thing we knew, there she was in Chris's bed. And I, I just felt that was such a, a sudden change of scene without any sort of explanation at all. I, 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 didn't, I didn't like that. 
And finally, one thing I would like to say, I'd like to pay tribute to the actor who plays Alice. I'm finding this little nervous laugh that she does every time she says something, really. It's sort of, uh and it is, I I find it very poignant because it seems that it's such an indication that she doesn't have any self-confidence now. I find that very moving. Anyway, that's my time. Lots of love to everyone. Bye. Oh, bye, Vicky. Uh, Vicky is in my head, Philippa. Everything she says is right, isn't Mm. it? She uh, is perplexed about the bungalow, as I just railed about. Right on there, Vicky. The dead bird, she's completely baffled by. Rex's secret home. Can you? How can you have a secret home in a tiny village? <laughs> and the leap from pub to bed, as we just had a little spat about as well, <laughs> she's completely on my page as well. Uh, Vienna, Vicky, I salute you because um, everything you say is right. And uh, I ha- I've noticed that little nervous laugh as well of Alice's, which is irritating, but actually it says a lot as well uh, about her lack of self-confidence. And I hope that we have reassured you about Bill as well. He is out of Kiev uh, and, uh, in fact, completely out of Ukraine and is, and is in uh, Hungary at the moment. But uh, So, Vienna, Vicky, you, 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 you speak with great authority when you're in Vienna and you speak with even more emboldened authority about such matters when you're here in the UK. Keep it going because I completely agree with everything you said. <laughs> there you go. I know I'm going on about it, but I loved it. The fact that in one breath, Amy was saying, I'm not the kind of girl to kiss and tell. And literally the next thing I see, I said the word literally, I am Chelsea. Literally the next thing she said was, oh, can you pass me my tights, please? I was like, yes, that is fantastic. I just written, what a great week. Yes, exclamation mark. I just, I just, it was. I'm seeing you in a different different light this week, Philippa. Well, I just can't wait to find out. Amy is going to have to tell Alice. She won't be able to keep it quiet. And then the plot thickens. Obviously, if these were people that uh, I, I knew about that that were my friends or my family, I wouldn't wish anything like that. But it's just, it's glorious to listen to. And so I can't wait. Who are you then? T- team Amy or Team Alice? Team Amy. Oh, my goodness, I'm Team Amy. Oh, no, I need to go and have a shower. I think I don't want to be Team Amy, but I'm all for a bit of... Yeah, a bit of life and a bit of uh, interesting story. We we, we all are. It just happened a bit quick. No, but it hasn't. It's been brewing for ages. All this, oh, you're sort of, you're you're attractive in a friendly, not really, but yes, really kind of way. They fancy the pants off each other and... And and tights as well, yeah. Yeah, but when they found these dead birds... Uh, the bird had stuffed. So he's he's got dead birds and he's stuffed them. Is Frieda up there as well? Sorry, how did you go from bedroom to stuffed birds and They were just the observations Frieda. of the week. They were just okay. welcome to my mind. Well, yes, <clears throat> it, it's it's a big revelation this week. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you you wanted a, you wanted a, a sort of a, a scandalous. I did affair, didn't you? Exactly, some gossip, and it's the gossip, and it's oh yeah, love it. Love it, love it. Did I mention I loved it? I think you enjoyed this week, yeah. I certainly did. But we'll have some more of your calls in a moment. In fact, the next call is from Millie Molly Mandy, and she has two plot predictions for us, so hold on. But if you're thinking, I'd like to record a message and I wonder how to do it, here's how. 
Well, we always claim to be the people's podcast, so it follows that we need you, good people, our dumpty dummers, to get in touch and take part. Now, whether you're a first-time, occasional, or even a very regular caller in we do love hearing from you. The best way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to speakpipe.com forward slash dumpty dum, and you will also find a link in the show notes. Don't forget the T in the middle, it's dumpty dum. It is, we all say this every week, but it genuinely is it is really easy uh, to do you can have as many goes as you like so don't worry about that also uh, have a look at our pinned tweet on the dumpty dum twitter account to find all the details of how to leave us a message we normally record at 12 noon on a sunday so please try and get your calls in no later than that Make sure you keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and you need to be at least 18 to take part Now we need your help. There are three things you can do. First of all, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. And if you would please consider giving us a five-star review, it would be a huge help with the battle of the podcast algorithms. Secondly, if you can write a nice review, well, that helps even more. And we need to say a huge thank you so much to Jeannie Wenny for your fabulous review entitled Thank You Both and Friends of Dumpty Dum. And also to TX Lilibet, is that the Queen, do you reckon, for their wonderfully kind review entitled The Next Best Thing to Living in Ambridge. Wonderful, thank you. And finally, the third thing is that you could consider becoming a Patreon. Patreon is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. If you just go to patreon.com and have a search for Dumpty Dum, we would be chuffed a bit to have your support. Now back to our calls, and next we have Millie Molly Mandy, who is calling in with not one, but two plot predictions. Hey P and Q, Millie Molly Mandy here, um, forever revealed as a fictional character to Quentin. Um, thank you for that, Philippa. Um, I loved Millie Molly Mandy when I was a kid too. So um, Amy Franks goes on a date with Rex and ends up in bed with Chris Carter, what the heck happened there? And what was Chris thinking? Um, Amy is so boring. So boring. This is going to be an absolute disaster. We all knew it was going to happen and we knew it and we know it's going to be a mess. I wonder if Amy is interested in raising the baby um, as much as hanging out with Chris. Anyway... It's going to be devastating for Alice. And my plot prediction is that Alice ends up taking over rewilding. Um, she's grew, grown up in the country. She needs a job. She's worked in agriculture. Maybe that could work. Why does poor old Rex keep getting dumped? Can't, can't we find a, a good woman who will spend time with Rex and have things work out? It, it seems like such a shame. Talking about people needing a partner, another plot plot. Pl- plot prediction. Um, I think Jimus is going to find a lady friend or maybe a man friend. I think they're going to partner him up. Um, he's been, he's a good man. He's been alone too long. So I hope that one happens. Um, thanks for everything you do. P and Q love the show. Oh, thank you, Millie Molly Mandy. You have two plot predictions and based on your past predictions, I am just believing these th- These are definitely happening. The, there is no doubt about it. Alice working in rewilding is a superb idea. Why didn't I think of that? Uh, yeah, I could see that being great and obviously much better than Kate. Um, and Jim getting a partner. Yeah, I mean, he has hinted, oh, those days are over, which is normally a, a clue that things are about to change. So yeah, she, you could be right. Um, 
I mean, it is going to be difficult for Alice when she finds out about Amy. Uh, And we certainly, I think we all know now that Martha is approaching her first birthday. I think that's been mentioned enough times. I didn't didn't spot that one. Who is going to pay for this party? Brian. And, And... is Martha almost getting dizzy with the parenting changes? Because it seems like, right, I'll have her for five minutes. Oh, right, where are you going, Alice? Oh, I'm on my way to get Martha. Right, I'll have her. And then, oh, here you are, Chris, you're here early. Yes, I've come to get Martha. She's on my team, isn't she? Chris, Amy, what the heck? <laughs> Thank you very much. I've chalked up another team member. I think that's about <laughs> 10 to 1 so far for you. Um, <laughs> Amy is so boring. She she was uber dull this week, wasn't she? Except right at the end. <laughs> um, uh, she said uh, she confided in she to Rex that she did miss the midwifery back in Nottingham. Made me wonder, did the midwives in Nottingham miss her? <laughs> 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 but you've, you haven't touched on the on the really controversial suggestion that she secretly wants to raise Martha. She uh, wants to raise the baby. That would be weird and bit creepy wouldn't it well i just have to take everything millie molly mandy says as as definite so even mm-hmm. if it seems a bit strange I, i'm yeah. going with it she yeah. she knows what she's saying yeah uh she also wants to find lady friends for good ch- chaps in ambridge uh a good woman for rex she says well if she brings alice into the rewilding that means kirsty doesn't get the job and we've always thought that rex and kirsty could be a good pairing so you Come on, you got to you got to think this through, Millie Molly Mandy. If you want a good woman for Rex, because I think Kirsty and Rex would get on really well. Um, and Jim, he, he on Valentine's night, remember in the bull, he was chatting very merrily to Catherine Tregoran, wasn't he? Mm. We we always follow your predictions very carefully, Millie Molly Mandy, and um, we shall see. But if Rex wants to stop getting dumped, he needs some mouth freshener, I think, from all that red onion he's been eating. Anyway, <laughs> let's go on to Tracy from California, who thinks our bakes are a big mistake. Hey, Tracy from California here. I want to put on some Libby. <laughs> I love that saying. And get Libby about Ambridge. Um, first of all, from last week, I, I'm concerned about whether or not Peggy can care for herself. When she was all like, oh, Kate has some impressive ideas. The next thing I thought was expecting her to say was like, let's saddle up the unicorn and go for lemon drizzle flapjacks. Because I'm like, clearly her mind is not working right. If she's going to for Kate to have that role. Um, I'm also, though, I'm super glad that my favorite Ambridge, my favorite Archer's character is back. Um, Jim, even though he sounds like he takes tuppence from kids who want to buy food to feed the birds um i'm so glad he's back (laughs) he just seems like good people i love his character um i also want to say i told you so about amy and chris i told you so um and i want to say that i'm glad though for alice that she's thinking about doing things for other people so that she can see something outside of her own her own space so i was really glad to hear that progression with her um I will say also about this past week that um, I don't know if it was this past week or if it was this week or if it was the previous week, but I have no idea what a steak bake is. So I Googled it and it looks like a cat food pasty. Is that normal? Do they normally look that disgusting? I don't that I, I'm concerned because England has such good dinner pies, all the steak and ale and shepherd's pie and all that. So that looks like I don't know if I would 
That's awful. I think, um, what's her name? Did Jasmine a favor by eating that? <laughs> anyway, um, definitely enjoying the show and uh, Philippa and Quentin. I hope you guys are having a lovely time. I'll talk to you all soon. Well, Philippa, I feel really you should pick up off this call because she mentioned food, steak bake. So I know uh, I'll leave that to you in a minute. Um, Lippy about Ambridge. I love that line. Well, we should say this is the second call in a row, isn't it, from America? This is the third call we've had from America because uh, Millie Molly Mandy is uh, calls in from America. Um, uh, yeah, Lippy about Ambridge. I, I might nick that, uh, that, that line in future, Tracy. She comes up with some good phrases, uh, Tracy. Uh, She's. Re- I'm a bit confused, actually. Tracy's normally a week behind, isn't she? And she seems to have caught up. Yes. <laughs> well, she dipped into last week. She dipped into this week. And she's revealed that Jim is her favourite character. Um, you know, join the clan there, I think, Tracy, because uh, she's... He's probably right up there, isn't he, amongst favourite characters, I'd say, Jim. Yeah. Amy, Chris told you so. Yeah, we knew it was going to happen, but it was too rapid, too rapid, too... No. Which I've, I've clearly established is to be <laughs> is the case. <laughs> yeah, this idea that Alice now is... It's a nod towards her therapy, isn't it, and her ongoing recovery that I've been told to think about others more and do other things, do, do things for other people. <clears throat> How well is that going? I mean, she's fixed the boiler, which was good, but she's playing Cupid and it's all going to blow up in her face, isn't it? And she was so irritated, wasn't she? So the way she kept pestering Amy about, oh, you know, text Rex, invite him out for a drink. You'd be lovely together. And then texting him when they're in the pub. And, oh, you know, Amy was pushing her back a bit, wasn't she? Saying, look, it's just a drink. Back off. You even heard it in Amy's voice when they were having this deluxe hot chocolate because mm. uh, Amy had been saying, I think it was Amy, about how gorgeous Martha was. And Alice was saying, oh, of course, she doesn't get it from me. She gets it from Chris. And Amy immediately changed the conversation to, oh, this is a nice hot chocolate. Yes. Yes, girl. You you like him a lot. So, yes, Tracy, you're right to take Ambridge to task. Okay, steak bakes. For me, steak bake is not a normal phrase. But if you're looking to take Ambridge to task, we need to be taking Justin to task. Nobody's oh. taking Justin to task. How dare he? The closure of Barrow Farm would be, if it happened, entirely down to Justin and him saying, oh, well, if you don't close it down, I'll sell my BL shares. Well, go on then, sell your BL shares. What do you know about it? What you've got is this prancy pony stadium with a solarium and a treadmill for horses, strong and secure. No, thank you very much. We've already heard how they've had to be closed, a lot of them in in the area. And then Martin saying to Brian, uh, Justin has the data, you just have promises. No, come on, action. And that dismissive line about Brian dismissing his farming sentimentality. Yes. Oh, outrageous. It was outrageous. Justin is really naughty. I mean, I love my Brian, but I tell you what, I'd man the barricades for that. Mm. But um, Brian's Brian's up for a fight, isn't he? He's going to, he says he's going to expose Justin as the man of not no substance or something. He, he came up with a good counter line to Martin, didn't he? So. Well, and we have more about that soon. We really do. But now let's go to Sarah from Smethwick, who has some questions about the week. Good morning. It's Sarah from Smethwick here. And as the public information saying goes, say something wrong, say something. I only heard something, well, a couple of things this week on the Archers, so I'm belling you. Number one, Tracy's boiler. 
I'm sure that uh, Borsetshire Housing Trust or whoever the housing association is may later down the line have something to say about an outside agent tinkering with it. And just who is Alice's mate who owes her a favour? Because she's not been working for old firm for ages. And number two, Bert's taxidermy. My belief is that it's really tricky to carry this out. And you normally tend to go on a course before attempting that sort of stuff. Conversely, I loved, and I'm sure uh, Philippa did as well, the Orwell references Ribero. First, Hannah regarding to, uh, in regards to the pigs having a revolution, and then Neil's 1984 password. Obviously, it's a reference to his uh, years of marriage, but it tied in quite nicely. But I wasn't aware that there was such a pig farming crisis. Uh, I seem to have missed that uh, that episode of farming today. I, I thought my general veering off pork products was good for the world, and well, now I feel quite guilty. Should I just go native and uh, buy some uh, pork scratchings? Answers on a postcard. Well, with that, it's from me, Sarara Bits. Bye. Terrara bit, Sarah. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, I thought that about the boiler. Would uh, the Housing Association be happy with that? When I listened to it a second time, I did catch Alice saying, oh, he is gas certified. So maybe that was what was needed to be okay. But yeah, you're absolutely right. That didn't sound right. This taxidermy that we'd never heard of before, I agree. The 1984 reference, yeah, I loved that with the, the double meaning of uh, Big Brother and the wedding anniversary. I was just very interested in this necklace because Neil has had Susan's initial put into it or both their initials, so N and S. I thought, oh, that so he's got options. He could give it to Shula or he could give it to Susan. Oh, well, that that, that would put a lots <laughs> it amongst the pigeons, wouldn't it? I think we've moved on from Shula, or have I we? I know, I know, but I just it tickled me. <clears throat> Matron. Um, <laughs> I, I thought I was, a, I was the only clever one who'd spotted that 1984 padlock code reference. I was going to brag about it, and of course, mm. people are much cleverer than me. <laughs> well done. Yeah. <laughs> look, look, little small victories in my little COVID world, you know? I thought, right, I'll show off about that, and Sarah's and everybody else has spotted it as well. Well, can you show off by giving Sarah some background on the pig farming crisis? I can. Courtesy, as ever, from Leo Horsmeyer, he tweeted, as there is a shortage of abattoir staff, many pigs are being slaughtered, but not then sold for meat. That is causing many pig farms to go out of business, making the staff there redundant. Sounds like Neil, Hannah and Jazza will soon be joining them. Sarah, thank you so much for that. Let's go on to Claire from Clapham, who has noticed some unusual and unexpected things. Hey, Dumpty Dum, it's Claire from Clapham here. Well, what a week on the Archers. Lots going on this week, isn't there? And lots of very unusual and unexpected things, like Hannah becoming nice and Stella moving into the bungalow or looking to move into the bungalow, and no one's mentioned that Pip and Josh were fighting over it only very recently, and that's all gone quiet. What's all that about? Never mind all the weird things with the birds in the loft. That's all very strange, isn't it? Um, I think what really gets me is how all this weird double-dealing and machination by the businessman of Ambridge. Um, Martin Gibson's a stirrer anyway, so like you could see he was kind of trying to play just enough against Brian a bit. Um, 
But why would they be talking in the bull and trying to keep it secret? That's the worst place for that conversation about, you know, risking shutting down Barrow. Never mind, like if it hadn't leaked from that, of course, obviously now Brian's deliberately leaked it by leaving the stuff on the printer for Hannah to find. And this all feels a little bit, I don't know, like some sort of daring do famous five kind of, you know, tactics it doesn't feel very becoming and there's certainly very poor governance. So, uh, yeah, I do hope they can sort something out. I mean, poor Susan will be devastated if Neil loses his job at Barrow, won't she? I mind Neil. He'll find some pigs. He's happy as long as he's looking after pigs. But Susan will be devastated. So let's hope it doesn't come to that. I quite like the new nice Hannah. Um, she was del- like excessively awful before. So I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt for now. And we'll see how that goes. And I'm not even going to stoop so low as to comment on Amy's latest dalliance because I thought she was better than that. So, um, yeah, keep up the good work. Speak to you soon. <laughs> she, has, she has standards, doesn't she, Claire from Black Clapham? She's not going <laughs> to stoop so low, unlike you, of course, Philip, who's revelling in this. <laughs> I'd stoop lower than a low thing, yeah. <laughs> this tawdry affair. Yeah, Hannah, uh, she's um, she's transformed, isn't she? Which is slightly alarming because I do like a bolshy Hannah. Uh, not when it's turned at Neil. I do not like that. I'm glad that they seem to have repaired their relationship and she's calling him a wise man and sweet and romantic. and um, Buying croissants for him as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and not telling him on the phone that... Um, their jobs are at risk. She held back. She didn't want to spoil their romantic weekend. So I hope she got a bit bolshy when she found that that note that was accidentally left on the printer by by Brian. So she's still got steel in her backbone. I don't want to see that disappear. Why did Brian want to deliberately leak it? Am I missing something here? Because how does that help his case? Um, because Martin said to him, don't you, do, you don't have the data. Justin has the data. So right. Brian is leaving that as a big, you know, a clue um, so that the people that will have the data, will have the information like Neil and Hannah, oh. will be able to help him form the case. So when it goes to BL, he's he's got more information. Right. This is you joining up the dots again, which I need to do more of. You you and Lynn Rafferty joining up the dots. Yeah, I see. So this is first, he'll get this way, he'll get the data from an enraged Hannah. Well, I thought the piece of paper was sort of, you know, at the top, should BL sell Barrow Farm and then pros and cons. (laughs) And he was writing in all the little columns and then waiting for them to fill it in. But it's sneaky, isn't he? Deliberately came up to write that. Oh, yes, absolutely. yeah. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Why couldn't he do that at home and print it off? Exactly. Uh, Marvellous, Brian. Again, she's on my team now. I think it's about 11 now on my team. She <laughs> says about this uh, Pip and Joss fighting over the bungalow. Where did that come from? How come Stella's now just about to rent it? Absolutely, Claire. You know, whatever Claire said is true. So, yeah. So, overwhelmingly, uh, we are just uh, infuriated by that huge gap in the narrative. And... Uh, um, and she, one thing I would question uh, that Claire said, she said Susan would be devastated if Neil loses his job. Mm. I'm sure she's intimated in the past. She quite liked for them to enjoy some retirement. And I, I think she 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 would miss the status. She's always like the status and the money. But actually, I think she might think, well, it's time for us to enjoy ourselves now and put our feet up. I don't think she'd be as quite as devastated as perhaps Claire thinks. What do you think? 
I think she's going to, I do agree, I think she's going to be devastated because, you know, my Neil, having her, having his job, the prestige of that, no longer being part of a Brian and Jennifer's f- close family and inviting them around for volivants, it's all coming crashing down for her, her social standing. So, yeah, I, I do see that happening. I'm really disagreeing with you, Quentin, today. I'm sorry about that. And you feeling rough. That's very... I think you're taking advantage of my... Uh, you know. <laughs> But I love Claire's, yeah. I love Claire's way of uh, summing Brian's endeavours up. You know, his uh, daring do tactics feels mm. a bit like Famous Five. And you're right, but I I loved it. I just think yes, that's the way to do it. And oh well, I can't. I've you know been told you mustn't pass it on, but I can't possibly ask you not not <laughs> to tell. It <laughs> was like great. Yes, come on. That was that was Ace Brian, wasn't it? It really was. I think Hannah's nicer for two reasons. Firstly, unfortunately, and sadly, her mum's got dementia. And secondly, her and Neil now have separate responsibilities. And that was the issue before. They were rubbing up against each other. Hannah not feeling like she should be managed by Neil and yet Neil being her manager, whereas now those have been separated. So they can get on and, and eat croissants together. Mm. And we all know who was rubbing up against each other this week. <laughs> the the cheddar and onion in the toasty, yeah. Anyway, thank you very much, Claire from Claffer. Let's go to Melly McMerryweather, who felt compelled to call about the community that is dum-de-dum. Good evening, Philippa and Quentin and everybody in dum-de-dum land. It's Friday evening. This is Melly McMerryweather. Um, calling in, not necessarily about the happenings in the archers, because I'm still too have a listen through, but just to talk about the Facebook community and how wonderful, wonderful it is. Um, I've just responded to a message from Jacqueline Bertot. Well, that's my approximation. Um, Obviously, with everything that's going on in the world right now, all our thoughts are with everybody in the Ukraine or Ukraine, sorry, and Bill and his friends, family and students. Um, For all that Dum De Dum has been a staple in my life for hmm, probably three years now. Who knows, time does weird things. But at times like this, just to see everybody contribute and chat and support and know that that's what's needed right now just like in lockdown just when we were faced with uncertain times dum de dum grew and, and grew arms and legs and zooms um it's just it it's just really touching and really wonderful and oh, yeah i just want to say thank you to each and every one of you um i will listen straight through tomorrow and try and do a caller in about the events in Ambridge, which have been massive. But for now, I just wanted to acknowledge the Facebook community. On dum dum Oh, Melly, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I, I agree. There is something very special about dum dum and the the lovely community here and uh, we we do care for each other and about each other and uh, that 
that's evident. You you didn't get chance to call in about the events in the Archers. Melly, just once you listen to what's happened this week, I think you'll have a lot to say. Poor woman's probably still in shock. <laughs> yes, I, I think the Dumpty Dums community uh, outpouring of concern for Bill shows, uh, underlines exactly what you're saying, Melly, because we're all worried about him and relieved that he's managed to escape from Ukraine. But that is just a measure of, of the community that we all enjoy. And um, we saw plenty of that during lockdown as well. So it's uh, it's lovely when you hear people say it's it's a, been a staple in their life for so many years. It uh, makes you realise how important it is. And you take it for granted a bit, don't you? you sort of click on it and there it is and there's lots of funny stuff there and you click off and... Sometimes you need to take stock and think, what what would it be like if it wasn't there? And uh, actually, there'd be a great big hole in our lives, wouldn't there? Um, be a, hmm. a chasm if there wasn't this podcast for us, wouldn't there, Philip? <laughs> oh yeah, Quentin, you're you're right. It's very um, sort of thought provoking what you what you've said, and yes, in a way we do. I I mean, I've been part of the Dumpty Dum community for more years than I care to remember, and yeah, you you sometimes do take these things for granted but we're there we're there and we care there's our new motto oh that's good (laughs) (laughs) bit of salaciousness gets your creative juices going doesn't it oh dear anyway (laughs) let's go on to emily from canada with a response to quentin's comment from last week hello p and q and all of my fellow subjects in the kingdom of dumpty dum it's emily from canada calling It's 3.40 a.m. in Vancouver, which is 11.40 a.m. in the UK. It's Sunday morning, and I'm really trying to sneak this message in just under the wire before P&Q record the podcast. Um, Firstly, the Kenton versus Quentin uh, voice similarity issue. Uh, When I first started listening to Dumpty Dum, which was, I don't know, I guess in the summer of 2021, um, I really honestly couldn't distinguish between Richard Attlee's voice and our Quentin's voice. Um, But I have listened to enough Dumpty Dums now to be able to tell the difference very clearly. So Quentin, you no longer need to be worried about sounding confused for Kenton, uh, whom you and I suspect many people find deeply annoying. Um, So you needn't worry anymore about that. Although I still do hear the similarities, and I recall that Philippa does too, so I feel totally vindicated. Um, so Leslie Thompson was in the Dumpty Book Dumb for last week, and she was very excited because Richard Attlee has narrated her um, her latest book. Um, and uh, so I went to look at her audiobook listing, and I saw that Anna Bentink uh, has recorded the, the other books. And seeing the last name, I wondered if she might be related to Tim. And indeed, they are sister and brother. So there's another uh, tidbit of information for the uh, Dumpty Book Dumb fans. Uh, Anyway, um, Philippa, I cannot wait to hear you uh, being crossed with Pip this week. Bye! (laughs) You haven't been agitated at all, have you, Philippa? Not at all. I mean, I just, you know, I take Pip for who she is and, and it's fine. I'm furious with her. Well, first of all, we need to, what the heck are you doing up at 3.40am, <laughs> Emily, phoning in to, 
Calling into Dumpty Dum. I mean, we normally rely on Catherine, don't we, to call in <laughs> on earthly hours. She's clearly had a lie-in this week. Uh, no call from her this week. Uh, but uh, thank you for your dedication to this podcast and to put my mind at rest that you no longer think I sound like Richard Attlee. I'm pleased to have my identity back. All roads, as we know anyway, lead to Ambridge, don't they? What a, what a lovely link-up between Anna Bentick and, mm. and Tim Bentick and um, your your author. Yes, Leslie Thompson, yes. And she loved being part of Dumpty Dum. So that's so nice to, uh, yes, get that feedback and to know that, yes, Anna is Tim's sister. It's all, it's all related. Love it. Um, and, yes, I do hope that you've had some sleep now, Emily, and better rest. But uh, it's great. It's good to have you back on the podcast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Those are the calls. You can also send us an email if you'd prefer. Yes, if you'd rather send an email, visit the dumptydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the page. Please do get your calls and emails in just before noon on Sunday as we record at midday UK time. Remember, you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. And so we go from our caller innerers to our email innerers. Our first email is from Sally. Hello, Philippa and Quentin. I'm Sally from the West Midlands. Just wanted to send you a message to say how much I enjoy listening to your podcast. I've been a listener for about two years now. Firstly, because I'm a massive Archers fan and nobody else I know listens to the Archers. We feel your pain, you feel your pain. <laughs> and I'm interested to hear other people's opinions, but also because it's something that helps ease my anxiety. Maybe one day I'll be brave enough to call in and leave a message, keep up the good work. Oh, please do call in, Sally, but thank you for emailing in as mm. as well. Um, <laughs> I think it's raised our anxiety levels this week, <laughs> particularly particularly uh, you, Philippa, because there was so much pit, but there was a lot else going on as well. So hopefully it's balanced it out for you. Sally, oh, you're in the West Midlands. Well, I'm near Shrewsbury, so we might be, we might be close. Um, but I'm, I'm sorry that you suffer from anxiety, but I'm so pleased to know that uh, listening to The Archers and Dumpty Dum helps 
with that. It is. It's. Um, I always say this podcast is my Prozac, and it certainly makes me feel better to chat to Quentin and all, all of you and hear all your calls. And again, that just comes down, as many said, to being a, a community and, and there for each other and just trying to make sense of the madness <laughs> of those Ambridge. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> now the second email is from Darcy with the subject control. Re-listening throughout the week, Chris seems to be more and more proprietary about Amy. There is no obvious sexual connection between them. It is more Chris's need and desire for control and Amy's desire to relinquish control from Darcy. (gasps) You see, I'm just, I don't see it that way. I'm sure Quentin will agree with you, Darcy, but I see it just that they just fancy each other and they knew it wasn't really the right thing to do. So they've held off. But once Amy had a few, a few glasses of red wine down her and some cheddar cheese crisps, she was away. She, she was ready. And Chris, and Chris was ready, and I'm ready to hear it all kick off. Um, I think there is an obvious sexual connection between them. There is an attraction. They said technically they were both good-looking last week, didn't they? <laughs> no, objectively, wasn't it? Objectively, we, they agreed they were both good-looking. So there is a chemistry between them, clearly. Um, I saw a slightly nasty side to Chris, you know, when he did he bridled, didn't he, when... Uh, a when he found out that Rex and Amy were going on a date, he didn't like that. And when Alice referred to Rex as being good looking, he didn't like that either, did he? Yeah, but only because he, he fancied Amy and he wanted to have his wicked way with her, so it was no, just but, jealousy. It wasn't. I didn't see it as anything nasty. Uh, it's a bit of slight pro- pro- proprietal control, uh, a sort of proprietary sense there. A sense, I think he felt. He'd uh, put his claim down there before Rex and was uh, peeved to find out that she was looking elsewhere. So there's, I, I, there's a hint, I think, of what Darcy is suggesting. Um, not quite sure Amy's got a desire to relinquish control. I think she's quite, um, you know, she's always been the grown-up in the room, hasn't she, when no, Alice and Chris have got going. And she's calmed them down over in, in a number of scenes. So I think she has enough self-control i do no she doesn't well she went it, round and, and didn't have any self-control so in a no. in a in, in, in social and professional but i think um, it was bad because she went round she's had a wicked she's used him and then she's thrown him to the side and now there's oh no we shouldn't have well you did girl so you need to face up well to she it. she plays she plays this uh um hard to get thing doesn't she because you know she tells him oh you're objectively good looking but don't read anything into that. Then she says, forget it. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. You know, we've moved on. Mm-hmm. Then she yeah, right. throws a bra and tights off in his bedroom, all over his bedroom. Um, and then says, uh, I can think of a hundred reasons why this wasn't a good idea. So she's playing a game as well. Yes. Come on, I think she's playing, she's playing him. She is at the moment. Oh, no, I think she's just caught in the middle. She she wants to marry him and have his babies, but she's also aware that her best friend is a recovering alcoholic and she doesn't want to uh, cause any more issues. Maybe I think, I don't think I'm team Amy. I think I'm team Chris. I think I'm blinkered. So well, you've, always, you've always been team Chris. He can do no wrong. Anyway, let's go from someone else who can do no wrong, Quentin. We have an email from your, your bestie, Anon of Ambridge. Oh, good. Uh, dear, Uncle, this is 
well, I'll read it and you can make your own minds up. Dear Uncle Quentin and Auntie Philippa, there is something strange happening in Ambridge, as on Monday I was just waking up and then it was mid-morning. Also on Thursday I was going for an evening walk and then suddenly it was late at night and I was in bed. I have heard others saying this happened to them too and we are worried there is an alien invasion and we are in a time slip. What do we do? Well, I mean, I, that could be the question you posed to me, Philip, off the back of that email. I mean, I, I don't think he's drinking again, is he? I think so he, he, she, it, they. Um, so hallucinating again, clearly. Please start drinking again. Water, uh, Anon of Ambridge. I mean, it was a discombobulating week. I grant you, we've got stuffed birds, black magic. We got, um, um, you know, Amy jumping from pub to bed in a flash of an eye. We got bungalows being given to people when surrounded by people who don't seem to mind anymore. It was, I, I understand why you are a bit confused, Anonymous Ambridge, because we are, to be honest. But um, I'm not, don't think we got into alien territory <laughs> yet. <laughs> These are sent to try us, aren't they? These emails. It just takes on a whole new meaning of aliens in Ambridge. But anon, please, please keep emailing because it just winds Quentin up so much. <laughs> Honestly, I'm team anon, if anything, I think. But there we go. Thank you for your calls and emails. We love them. Do keep calling in. Now, on to Dumpty Book Dumb. And I'm pleased to introduce. Freya Berry, whose debut novel The Dictator's Wife was published last week and with recent world events seemed even more of an interesting read. So Freya Berry, author of the newly published book called The Dictator's Wife, welcome to Dum Dum. Thank you so much for having me, Philippa. Well, we needed to talk to you. We'll talk about the book, but let's start, of course, with The Archers. Do you have a, a history of listening to The Archers? Oh, 100%. So, um, I mean, I grew up in Somerset countryside, so it was basically mandatory um, that my parents listened to it. Um, but I never really actively listened to it properly until uh, we started. My mum would drive me up to university um, at the start of each term and Every Sunday, um, we, we, we just end up listening to it on, on the way up on the omnibus, the omnibus episode. And I just kind of fell in love with it from there, really. Um, it became a sort of ritual. And then, I mean, I lost, lost touch of, um, with it for a few years, moved to the US and then came back and lived in the Wiltshire countryside. And again, it became sort of must must listen. I used to listen to a lot of the gym to take my mind off the horrors of exercise. So. <laughs> and are, are there any particular favourite characters you've got? Who do you smile when you hear coming Oh, uh, You know what? I actually really like Emma. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know how much love she gets, but, um, but she's just such a trier, you know. She messes it up, but she gives it a real go. You know, that whole uh, doing up the house, I was buying the house uh, storyline. Oh, I was just, I was transfixed. It was, it was great. Um, and then I'm sympathising a lot with Phoebe at the moment. Um, I always move to Scotland over a man, so I, I, I sort of sympathise. <laughs> yes, north, north of Glasgow, as we know. As we <laughs> I was actually looking at the Orkneys, so even further. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and is there anyone who really makes you mad? 
I think, well, you can't say Linda anymore ever since the the, the, the explosion episode. <laughs> but it's possibly, yeah, exactly. But it's possibly her. Oh, very good. And that's interesting tie-in somehow with your book, because some people would say that Linda is a, a little bit of a dictator and your new book is called <laughs> The Dictator's Wife. Can you give us a, a quick summary about it? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's about a, a sort of beautiful dictator's wife standing trial for her dead husband's crimes in post-Cold War Eastern Europe and the web of secrets that she weaves around her young female defence lawyer. So uh, so I started writing it kind of inspired by my time as a journalist um, following Melania Trump over the 2016 US election and that sort of enigma surrounding her. Um, so yeah, I just had a great time exploring female power. And- I love the tagline of it. I'm, I'm not the person they say I am. I'm not my husband. I'm innocent. Do you believe me? Thank you. Yeah, my, that must, that's, that my editor gets full credit for that one. But um, but yeah, it's just such an interesting subject. I mean, do they these women glamorize their husbands? Um, do they soften them? Do they whitewash their actions? Horribly fascinating topic. Well, if we like the archers, we like horribly fascinating <laughs> topics. So Freya Berry, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Philippa. And now on to Facebook, where we need to say an how do to you to... Ten new members, Elaine and Charlotte. Olivia and Elizabeth. Dakers and Jen. Liz and Carolyn. And Wendy and Joy. So what has our Facebook group been talking about this week? Let's find out as we sit back for the roundup of the goings-on in the dum dum Facebook group with our Katie. Hey up my ducks, it's Katie here, at KTP Land on Twitter and Instagram. Well, what a random week in Ambridge, understatement, I know. First, let's unpack Thursday's episode. Lots of comments here, as you can imagine. Jane Evans, was Smith, said what we were all thinking and wondered if their playback skipped a section. And Leah Toff thought someone had stolen a whole episode. Pete Ranson hoped Amy and Chris used protection, while Dave Alcock said he hoped they didn't because it makes it more fun for all of us. Carolyn Wright pointed out Chris had only just got over shingles and as someone who loves a good pun, I loved our Stephen's reply that he was just living the shingle life. Darcy Jorgensen read my mind and said, just plain icky, please go away. But Jonah Titchmarsh pointed out once you've experienced Sid and Jolene in the shower, nothing makes you feel queasy. Makes me glad I'm still a relative Archer's newcomer. Glennis Goodwill's post got a lot of comments, positive, negative and the plain ew. And Lucy Saint left a great plot prediction for all of us to see. Definitely check that one out. In other news, Paul Newman saw straight through Brian, the master manipulator, leaving a document in the printer for Hannah to find, and lots of other Dumpty Dummers agreed. Rob Williams thought that Neil had bought Susan a pig pendant. Then a few people pointed out it was a beryl, not barrow, pendant. There was another post from Rob asking for more information on the Alice and Chris divorce settlement, which is handy if anyone wants to know any more information. And Charles wondered if there ever was an episode where it was decided neither Pip nor Josh would get the bungalow. I do hope we get this Friday episode back one day soon. It'll fill in a lot of these gaps. And talk of the bungalow, I shared a photo of my wonderfully classy loo roll holder that I seemed to share with Rex and asked what weird and wonderful stuff people had found in their attics. James Thomas is dipping his toes back into the archers after a two-year break. Welcome back. And has asked if anyone has any bullet points as to where storylines are. 
Check out the replies, and if anyone spots anything missing, please help to fill him in. Finally, we saw how lovely this community is when our Witherspoon started a post reaching out to Bill and anyone else in Ukraine, and there was an outpouring of love for everybody. We are a lovely lot, aren't we? As usual, welcome to the newbies, make yourself known, settle in with a cuppa, and let us know your thoughts. Until next time, ta Thank you, Katie. Tara, And to everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group, you would be very welcome to join us there if you haven't done so already. Uh, yeah, Katie mentioned Lucy Saint's prediction. It's, it's worth looking at, Kate, at Lucy's prediction, uh, but essentially it uh, boils down to Alice drinking at uh, Martha's birthday party, staggering back to the flat and then falling down those steep stairs. <gasps> Good one. It's mm. a good one. Um, right. We're also on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A. It's one word. Uh, so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers based tweets. Also bear in mind that hashtag is your gateway, folks, to the hugely enjoyable tweet along. Also try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet. It uh, gets the tweet seen by more people and helps our community to grow still further. As well as at Dumpty Dum, we're both on Twitter. I can be found at QuickBook Review with a three instead of a W. You'll find me at 13 Minute Man. That's one three minute man. Hello, it's Fry here. No, not that one. And now on Dumpty Dum, it's time for Tweet of the Week. Right, there's some sex in this, Philippa. So, Uh-oh. Uh, Prepare yourself. Um, but we start in, in bronze position, and it was set up by at being Doris, who tweeted, Neil, surviving 38 years of Susan. Well done. To which Stephanie Migot, at Miss Migot, gets the bronze for, that is the sort of thing that deserves an MBE, not whatever <laughs> Lindy Pops did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like True. that. Yeah. In silver position, Jonathan O'Grady, at Jonathan O'Grady. He said, almost got whiplash from the Amy Rex Chris switcheroo. The blacksmith and the vicar's daughter. It's all gone very Thomas Hardy. <laughs> yes, I like that. I hadn't even I thought like of that. that. Oh, yeah. uh, in goal, though, uh, she's a multi-award winner. <laughs> it's Miranda at Apple Android App. Technically, we've done nothing wrong, says Chris. With lines like that, this man could be a cabinet minister very soon. (laughs) True, Miranda. So those are our medal winners for Tweet of the Week. Well done all. Excellent. And now to Instagram, where we're still in our infancy, but do have a look for at Dumpty Dum and followers there. Katie's put up a great photo today of her recording the Facebook roundup. Well, we need to start winding down. So we must say thank you to Polly Perks, With the Spoon, Susie, Rob, Vicky from Vienna, Millie Molly Mandy, Tracy from California, Sarah from Smethwick, Claire from Clapham, Melly, Emily from Canada, Sally, Darcy, and Anon of Ambridge, plus author Freya Berry for all their contributions, as well as Mia for her dumpty dum tune. Thanks also to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices, and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield Brown. So what will be revealed next week? Will Amy be seen buying copies of Bridal Guide magazines from nearby newsagents? 
will Pip buy Stella a moving-in gift, one of those mugs that say, I hate you, until you pour boiling water in and the wording changes to, I love you and I want to be with you forever? Will Rex have to limit the numbers of his housewarming party in his new home, the compost loo? And will Alice hire Jamie Oliver to cater for Martha's party? It'll be a new entry in the Guinness Book of Records for the world's biggest birthday party since the beginning of time. (laughs) All will be revealed next week. But for now, it's a thank you for listening and a bye-bye from me. And I'm off to make Philippa a mug of proper builder's tea with two sugars. Bye-bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 